Hey everybody, welcome to Comics All Mode, the cob the comic book podcast slash movie podcast that, you know, as up until five seconds ago, I thought I was a completely different person. Oh wait, no, that's not true. That's not me. That would be uh, very fitting for this episode if you did think that you were a different right? person. Right though. <laughs> uh, I'm Russ, and of course, as always, this is Landon. We got Landon here, everybody. Hey guys, welcome back and to the podcast. We are- we're back. This is the this is the week we've been waiting for. Um, yes, of course. Um, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Moon Knight dropped this week, and uh, actually tonight, as we're recording tonight, yeah, uh, it it dropped. So we've we've watched it, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. Um, mm, absolutely. There, there was a, there's a couple things that happened this week though that we want to talk about. Mainly, the big one is that. Mm-hmm the um keanu reeves and not keanu reeves matt reeves, keanu reeves? Geez, i don't know why i thought i i don't know why i thought keanu um matt reeves and the guys over there at with the batman dropped mm. the deleted scene of the joker yes um, they did. we got we got barry Kewen's joker right at the very end as like almost like an end credits little tease scene of him talking to the Riddler. And it just doesn't make sense. Um, I think we, we both talked about it when we talked about the Batman is just, uh, yeah, I think it, we it, mentioned there it wasn't briefly. enough. There wasn't enough there for me that I actively like hated or cared about <laughs> it. Um, he looks great. He looks really menacing. And I think it mm. it's going to be an interesting interpretation but there just wasn't enough there. Well, what we found out last week is that it was literally like right after we ended the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we found out that there was a deleted scene that essentially Batman goes to Arkham Asylum and essentially like talks to Joker and tries to get like his tries to get an understanding of Riddler's plan through the Joker. Mm-hmm. And um before we talk it's about, very like, very hannibal lecter and yeah, um yeah. clarice from uh silence of the lambs it's got a very well, you know batman's trying to find out information he thinks that the joker can help him and so that's his reason for being there but in terms of the general story of the batman it does feel a little bit out of place which is why it's a deleted scene so right i will say though so this this kind of gets into one of my the the kind of my thoughts on this is that i if they had pulled this scene, they should have pulled the other scene that he's in that they left. with Riddler. Yes, they should have mm. pulled the Riddler scene because, like, perfect example, Batman Begins does a really good job of teasing the Joker without, without like, almost, almost without teasing the Joker. They, mm-hmm. they do a very good job of get of going, hey. This character exists in this world, but like there's a maybe he's not in the next movie. He might not be the next villain kind of a thing. And especially mm. because this is a new interpretation of the Batman. And this is a, a and obviously they're doing much. They're doing a very like Spider-Man far from no way and homecoming kind of whatever thing the where, title of that film is yeah, called. Exactly. <laughs> where they're picking characters that really haven't maybe had the full on spotlight that they should have kind of a thing. And they're using those characters. 
it 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 just doesn't work that you tease the Joker the way they did, especially because in interviews Reeves has said that Joker's probably not going to be the the sequel's villain. So you tease Joker just for the sake of teasing it, it just it didn't feel right. To mm-hmm. me. <clears throat> My thoughts on it are you know, our first podcast we we talked about the Batman quite heavily and we did have things to say about the Riddler and Joker scene at the end of that film and all that stuff still stands where I have my biggest issues with this are, are the design of the Joker himself. Yeah. Um, and I think Barry Keoghan or however you pronounce this gentleman's last name, I, I do not know. I'm going to say Keoghan. It looks like a GH is like a silent thing going on. Barry Keoghan. Uh, I think he's a good actor. He's been in some things. Um, and I think that his Joker could be something very good where this Joker falls flat for me is just the design. I, I'm not a big fan of the scarring all over his head. Um, the, the, oh, the, really? With the problem, the problem is, is I have a very specific vision for I want to see in a, mm. for what I want to see in a cinematic Joker. Okay. Um, I understand what they're going for, and all of that meshed together, I think, could work quite well. But for me, ever since we've gotten well, you know, ever since uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker, it's always been about the deformity on his face. What does his scarring have to do with the fact that he smiles a lot? Um, it, less so with Jared Leto, but every every Joker we've had so far, uh, including uh, Cameron Monaghan on Gotham, has been some sort of scarring on his face. Yeah. The Joker, to me, is 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 bleached white skin and green hair. And then he puts on the makeup to complete the look. I would really love to see that Joker, uh, especially with the more comic booky but serious, darker tone we're taking with the Batman universe. And now we're just getting, you know, the scars dialed up to eleven. He's missing hair. It just it feels like a, a a horror creature as opposed to a dapper, suave criminal, insane, insane man. It's just it's just not working for me. So. And I, I actually, I will agree with you. I, uh, as much as I do think this look works, I actually wish we got more of the comic book accurate version of the Joker. Because even Cameron Monaghan's, mm. even before he gets the full scarring, there's a couple times in the show in Gotham where he like dresses up and looks like the Joker and acts mm-hmm. very much like the Joker without having 100%. to worry about scarring and everything like that absolutely agree um and where i will this isn't a this isn't me saying like no like i disagree with you i think the problem is that people so vehemently spoke out against jared leto's joker that we will never Mm -hmm. we will never get that suave Mm -hmm. Oh, Jack so Nichols, <laughs> like Jack Nicholson slash, um, Jared Leto Joker that mm-hmm. they tried to play with. I don't think we're gonna ever get that Joker again. I think I I we were so I, close. I really I really think that like WB like kind of like was like oh nope okay everybody wants Heath Ledger's Joker like mm-hmm. that's what they want so we're gonna go back to that. Um, and they've got a history of backtracking and reacting dude, to what the fan base so, responds it's to. So, it's so sad because Leto's Joker 
is so cool. Like, weirdly enough, like, yes, obviously we didn't get enough of him. We didn't mm-hmm. get enough. But, like, even, I mean, you you told me uh, earlier, you were watching uh, the Snyder Cut. That yeah, little, I was. Yeah. That little bit of him at the very end of the Snyder Cut is crazy. And, obviously, he's, in that scene, he's definitely playing more of a Heath Ledger type, it feels like. But at the same time, that's very much Leto's Joker, and it very much feels akin to what mm-hmm. Leto was trying to do. Um, Definitely. That it's kind of sad because, yeah, this is absolutely this Joker is definitely a kind of an overcorrection. Yeah, it does certainly feel that way, and especially especially as when he talks, because mm-hmm. this is in the same way. Um, Oh, in the same way that in Arkham Origins, they didn't get Mark Hamill to play the Joker, and so they had Troy Baker essentially doing his best interpretation of Mark Hamill. This is Barry Kewen doing his best interpretation of Heath Ledger. It definitely feels that way. I think so. And and weirdly enough, this is literally the first time I kind of put those two and two together. Um but it makes it makes sense when you think about it that way yeah um for sure so for the sure. thing about the thing about all the cine, cinematic jokers we've had is that i can pinpoint everything that i like and dislike about them and mm. it's certainly mm. fair that you can like certain elements of jared leto's joker on the whole i think everybody agrees that his casting was a mistake the direction they took the character with jared leto was a mistake i won't, I, I won't agree to that Oh, this you won't is, agree. This, this is this is a hot take on my part, but yeah, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't know, I, actually, I didn't know you had uh, I, opinions I, on Jared Leto. I actually think Jared Leto, if they had let him, would have played would his Joker would have been a Joker that people would have actively liked. If oh, they if they like let him enough, do whatever he wanted, yeah, if they would have let him play the character the way a the film Suicide Squad was supposed to kind of be because mm. they really edited that film he was supposed to be the main villain of that film before they're oh, like sure. oh no because everybody hates him uh nobody likes jared leto's joker so we need he can't be the villain um it, and then yeah even I, looking at i think jared leto got shafted hard when it came to, oh, the, for to sure. david I, ayer's suicide squad i think if you let david ayer do his thing jared leto do his thing it could have been a lot better I am a For sure. I am a Jared Leto defender. I will give him the the I will dude's give talented, the, no doubt. The benefit of the doubt in in a lot of situations. Again, mm-hmm. perfect example. All we're hearing is that Morbius is hot garbage, and <laughs> that's certainly I, true. Too. I feel bad for him because I think he could have. I think he really is going to be like if we watch this movie. I think we're going to see someone who's actively trying to to mm. give a really good performance but it's like everything else because it's run by sony everything mm-hmm. else is just a dumpster fire mm-hmm. um no doubt so I mean, I am, jared letter is a, a very talented jared actor Leto, uh defender and i actually think his joker would have been really cool especially yeah. i don't think there's very many people who could have played up um against margot robbie's harley quinn the or way Affleck's Leto, Batman, the way Leto was able to, and also yes, 
I think Leto is really the only person who could have played up against Affleck's Batman. And honestly, though, but that's also the other thing is like, I look at the Batman and I see Pattinson and I go, oh, my God, that movie would have been so cool if they put, if they were able to have, you know, Leto as the Joker in this. Because I think a crime boss, I think crime boss Joker gets more closely close to, uh, oh, my God, words closer to the comics, more mm-hmm. closely tied to what the comics kind of show Joker as, mm-hmm. especially in some of the more recent like events that he's had, like Joker War and and so forth. Um, right. Yeah, certainly close I, to I the really wish... the Arkham games interpretation yeah, of Joker as exactly. well. It's very mob boss, especially Arkham City. Yep. You know, they've all carved out their little corner of of the prison. Um, what I was going to say about the Jokers, though, and Jared Leto definitely had a bold take on the character for sure. I it fell a little bit flat for me. Um, and it's not even necessarily the fact that, you know, he's got damage written on his forehead, yeah. which is, is, is strange, but the fact that the Joker has tattoos all over his body, I can see that working. Um, and we got so close to what I'm trying to say that I, I would like to see in the Joker character. He had the bleached skin, he had the bright green hair, and then he wore makeup to complete the look. And then he did act like a gangster. He had his goons following him, and he was just this unhinged psychopath with you know all these resources and stuff and the uh, insane personality to carry out these crimes and do the things that he does that is more in line with a joker that i would like to see it's too early to tell if barry kewen's joker is going to act like this but again from the design standpoint it's just really going away from what i personally would like to see in the joker so for sure so what do you think about uh barry kewen and and his scars and and the fact that so he's our joker now (laughs) i think it will work um I think I think I watched an interview with um, Matt Reeves, and he said that the scars and the way his hair looks and all of that is because he has a skin condition, mm. and so that's why his his mouth is so screwed up. That's yeah. why his hair looks very patchy and looks very like damaged. Um, damaged. <laughs> yeah, he's damaged. Uh, we need it written my, on his forehead actually, to actually yeah, understand it you know, though. <laughs> my parents don't know is that's going to be my next tattoo. Um, oh no, Russ, you it, can't. It's, it's not going to be it's not even going to be damaged. It's just going to say mental health issues across oh, my yeah. forehead because it's it's got to be just something that's like people know that I deal with but I have to just like stamp it right on. It's like it's like with Joker, of course, he's damaged, but he had to just tell everybody, hey, I'm and damaged. The, the, so. the metal grill and everything. It oh, just there it is. No, it's going to say it's going to say depression. But yeah, so I think I think Kewen's Joker will be fine. I don't like I don't think I'm going to hate it. But I also mm-hmm. don't think I don't think it's going to be anything that I want to write home about. It's nothing that I don't yeah. think I don't think when we finally get Barry Kewen as the Joker in a film, I don't think we're going to be on this podcast and I'm going to just be like ranting and raving about how amazing his portrayal of mm-hmm. the Joker is and how no like put him on my list of 
uh, like our li- your list last week. I put him on the list of like. Oh, you don't think Barry Kewen never... will make the the god tier yeah, casting list? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So probably not. But here's what I will say, and this is one thing that this is also. I think this is why I give Leto's Joker a little bit more of a pass. The Joker is a character who is very um, ambiguous. Even in the comics. Oh, very, yeah, you, very fluid. You, you, you know, you have you no idea what his actual origin is. You don't have a set origin for the Joker. There are, are plenty of stories that try to nail down a uh, origin for the Joker, but nothing gets there. And I think... The way it should be, right? <laughs> I think I like the fact that all of these different actors do a different type of joker i think joaquin phoenix is probably going to get the closest for me to someone who i could say oh that's god tier casting that guy knows how to play the joker Mm -hmm. uh and it was stellar heath ledger is amazing as the joker but he is just off enough from what the joker in the comics is like that i love his interpretation but it's not it's not there. It's not there yet for me, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think if we get a second movie, because very much, even though it is titled the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix, isn't the Joker until the last like three minutes of that movie. Like when mm-hmm. he, when he jumps up, when he, shoots, when he shoots the guy on national television and then is dance and like starts dancing on the car and then like wipes the smile. Mm-hmm. That's him finally fully transitioning into this, this joker yeah before he's just a mentally someone who has a lot of mental issues and is and is like is spiraling out of control right um by the time he's standing on the car and smiling he's fully accepted the joker exactly so like if we once we get the joker too essentially i think that's gonna be when we actually see joaquin phoenix play the joker and i think that might be the closest thing for me to like a like hey this is this feels like a comic accurate mm-hmm. joker essentially um but i think again, the most the joker and batman are synonymous sorry last kind of last thing the joker and batman are synonymous and so that's mm-hmm. one thing i think joaquin phoenix's joker is going to fall short in is that he doesn't have the batman to play against it's crucial, and yeah. It's crucial to that character. In the comics... Both characters, yeah. In the comics, Joker very much says, like, yo, like, we are... <laughs> we're kind of like star-crossed lovers. It's it's you and me, dude. Like, we are... We are a yin and yang. And He's the reason much, he does what he does. Exactly, yeah. The Batman is the reason the Joker is the Joker. Very much. Like, honestly, if the Batman didn't exist, Joker would kind of just fizzle out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a comic... There's actually a comic where the Batman dies and Joker just gets bored of being the Joker. And so he wipes all the makeup away and go, goes and gets like a regular job. Literally, literally, that's like the story. Because uh, he literally White doesn't Knight? have any. Um, is it White Knight? No. It's something else. I can't remember what it is. But White Knight has uh, elements of that. Um, White Knight has like a like a redeemed sort of joker yeah. character i think he adopts yeah. the jack napier identity from the 80s 89 yeah. batman yep. film 
The Nicholson yeah. Joker Actually, that's was Jack a great, Napier. That's a great run. That's a great comic. Yeah, I wanted to um, check that one out. But yeah, I think so the. I, yeah, no, go ahead. I think I'm done. I think that the the last point I'll make on on Joker here is that I think it's very important to remember the Heath Ledger interpretation of the character because up until the moment that everybody saw the Dark Knight for the first time and really witnessed what Heath brought to the role, everybody was up in arms about that casting decision and of course mm-hmm. I, I can't even remember what how old i was in 2008 i certainly wasn't you know monitoring movie uh news like i do now but and i i can't say that i remember all the the fuss around heath ledger's casting but just hearing about it dark- secondhand just hearing about it secondhand everybody was upset like nobody was really on board with heath ledger's casting it sounds like and you know it's it's easy to judge something before you fully realize the vision. I don't think we've fully seen what Reeves is going yep. to do with the Joker, Absolutely. what Barry Keoghan is going to do to the Joker yet. Um, and again, I, I love the... I, what I really like about this is how he how he interacts with Batman, right? The, the dialogue on display here, the filmmaking, that's all solid. It's just the design that I'm currently, you know, judging right now. And, you know, that's all say- we have really to go on. I will say that design I think is going to work best for this world that Reeves is setting up because I think I think it 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 differentiates him from the mobsters and Cobblepot and all of that. Um I think this is going to be absolutely a, a very much a story where Hey, you know, now the insane people have taken over Gotham and those are the villains you're going to face against. Like it does like seem like he's he's starting first. to focus on the freaks and the outcasts and the and the, the ill. The, exactly. It, like exactly. you said, the insane people are really starting yeah. to come out. Yeah. Especially and because that's they're a great direction have the to take. show. Especially because they're gonna have the Yeah, uh, all the T V shows. That's definitely gonna uh, add to the world. Arkham Asylum show. Mm-hmm. Um, which that actually then I prediction time for this uh and this will be kind of our last thing do you think barry kewen is going to show up in the arkham asylum show oh man it's definitely possible um i don't i don't know if he's in the works for that show right now because i think that show's been through several iterations of what it like is going to be yeah it was but if it is focusing if it is going to focus on arkham asylum and if the Joker is in Arkham Asylum currently, I don't see how he can't make an appearance in some way, shape, I or form. So. I think this will be a really cool... I think this show will be a great opportunity to introduce characters that mm, could pop definitely. up in the Batman movies, but not have to force us to like deal with, like, oh, hey, we have to spend you know 15 minutes in the Batman to like set up this character before anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Real quickly, what what sort of characters and villains from Batman's Rogues Gallery would you like to see in an Arkham Asylum show? Oh, uh, Calendar Man needs to be. Yes, in it, absolutely, for sure, absolutely. Pattinson um, wants him too. <laughs> I would, uh, yeah, and that's where I would say, like, maybe give him a smaller role in the show so that they can use him more in the movie. Obviously, he's not going to be a main like the main villain that Batman goes up against the entire movie. But he could be a really interesting, like secondary or third, um, third yeah. villain in that movie, um, dude. I w- I I need I need Mister Freeze. 
I need mm. Mr. Freeze. And yeah, I need the, we gotta see I our need, boy Freeze again. I need especially because this the Batman feels very heavily based off of the Batman animated series. I need the free I need Mr. Freeze in that. And mm, so Cold Cold Heart. If they're not going to do if they're not gonna use him as a villain in the main movies because they don't wanna do with they don't wanna they they want to keep it as like close to like kind of realistic as possible then put him in the sh- put him in the show mm-hmm. have let him let him be in the show f- somehow um i think that would be really cool mad hatter obviously mad hatter definitely mad hatter going with the the freaks so motif cool. yeah the, just creepy and just absolutely just out of his mind crazy um he could work well i didn't think of that one actually my pick there's is Two Face. Uh, yeah, so gotta see the only thing again. I would say is I want Two Face in a movie. So yes, that's for sure. the only uh, thing that I would say yes. is that I, I don't want them to waste him on the show, or I don't want them to like force his like them spending a lot of time on a Two Face storyline, mm-hmm. and then you don't get kind of that storyline in the in the movie. So that would be those would probably be the top ones. Um. I would love to see Harley Quinn like already like like a Harley Quinn that's kind of helped the Joker already but and then got caught but mm-hmm. is still kind of warring between in her in herself between her sane and insane side. I think that would be really interesting like half like like the the Margot Robbie scenes where she like uh as a doctor uh that's not you know like they like she like gives she yeah. gives like medical advice and you're like dude you're insane but like in yeah. her mind she's like no i'm just tapping into the degree i had but yeah. i yeah i know in her, I am in her mind insane, she's helping like yeah <laughs> i know i'm insane but like in this moment i'm as sane as possible because i'm just kind of yeah. digging into my d- degree essentially definitely i'm actually a licensed professional um i'm a therapist i think that would be be really interesting um yeah because like there's a lot of ways this show could be very much like gotham um and hopefully the weirdest relationship with that show dude i do too the first we should do a pod on that yeah we do we need to we need to talk about that because like like, the first season of that show is eh and then as it gets weirder and weirder, it gets better and better. And then the last, the like, the like jump forward where they recast everybody, but then didn't recast Bruce Wayne. And so you have this weird, like he doesn't mm-hmm. show up. Like they don't put him on screen because it's still the 12 to 15 year old kid. Oh man. The when everybody else that. has been like up, like aged up, like they, yeah. re- they recast like Selena Kyle. They recast. Like, be started on poison people. Ivy. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, just yeah, so it was just Nuts. so weird. Just so a weird crazy. show. It um, was. Oh, Poison Ivy would be very interesting, but I actually would Imagine. love to see their version of her in the movies. Did um, Did you see um the Oscars recently? What Jessica Chastain was wearing? No. To the Oscars. Oh, Jessica Chastain Sunday. would be a great choice. Dude, after this pod or choice. even during it, check out Jessica Chastain at the the most recent Oscars. I will. It's do like. That poison ivy to a t okay um, nice she's in this green uh, dress yeah. yeah those are definitely is there anybody that like i haven't named that you would totally like see 
I really think that uh, I agree with Mr. Freeze. There's a lot of discourse online about who people want to see casted in the role. And of course, seeing Mr. Freeze in, you know, on the big screen again after Arnold would be a huge deal because man, Arnold and sucks. wild and it's really bad. Yeah. No, um, and you know, the other thing is the Batman universe currently has some really impossible technology that feels very much out of yeah. a comic book. You know, Batman's got the contact eye lenses, which is just this compact surveillance technology that just cannot exist. <laughs> and so when you have something like that, it makes it more plausible that a cold gun or a freeze cannon, if you will, could exist in a place like this with these desperate scientists and these yeah. insane people coming out of the wet I mean, work. honestly, just recast the guy who played uh freeze in Gotham. Cause I actually, I actually liked that guy in that role. Yeah, he did, fine. He did fine. He did fine. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a million people that you could, could take with that role. And of course it correct me if I'm wrong, but the Batman animated series does has an, it does have an Emmy award for the Mr. Freeze episode. So he's got oh, some true. merit on him, true, like true, put, true. put some respect on Mr. Freeze's true. name for God's sakes. So yeah, I would love to see that. I'd love to see Two-Face just because the political element, the gangster element is all there and ripe for a Reeves Batman story. Um, and I think you're right. He he would do well in a film. So and, here's okay, here's my here's my take on that. Have have Two-Face in the second Batman. Mm-hmm. Have him thrown into Arkham Asylum and then season 3 or 4 of the Arkham Asylum show. Oh yeah, have it could him be a very symbiotic give and take. Yeah. So because the show. he just he gets thrown into Arkham Asylum. There you go. I love that. And then idea. you get the, both the both, best of both worlds. Best of both you worlds. Can't talk. Um, Harvey Dent yeah. is Dude. the. Oh, I was gonna make it. He's Never mind. I, I totally oh, lost great. where I was gonna go. He's great. Um. Okay. So there's a couple other news uh stuff I wanted to talk about first. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, just kind of, have you seen, have you been watching anything this week? I know we haven't, we kind of just jumped right into the Batman. And so you like, briefly mentioned you watching or everything you briefly mentioned, uh, I have been watching the Snyder cut on HBO max again. Most, uh, the reason being is that it, it won the fan award vote for the Oscars, uh, the Oscar fan moment for when the flash enters the speed force mm. and re readjusts time and everything. Great scene. Um, the Snyder cult uh, really came out for that one, and it, and it got the win, which uh, you know maybe it deserves it. Um, I love the Snyder cut. I think it's incredible that his version of the film is out there on HBO Max. You can watch it. It's finished. It's so I good. think that's incredible, and it's definitely an improvement. And um, it's it's everything it's that I would have wanted. Very so. Good. Um, I'm enjoying jumping into that, but I'm watching it piecemeal because I do not have a four hour chunk of time to set aside and yeah, binge the whole thing. <laughs> so for sure. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, what have you right. been watching, reading? Um, uh, let's see. I'm going to talk Attack of Titan again. I finally finished the season four. The last the f- season finale comes out next week um really hyped about that mm. uh i started another anime called demon slayer very good more traditional like it like takes place in like more traditional japan which is okay. really cool to like see kind of that that style um what 
going to say something else. Oh, uh, Fortnite actually was supposed to go back to building. It has now added a completely separate game mode that is no building. So that's wow, you were fantastic. Right, right I, on the money, I Russ. Was, I thought that was going to happen, and it did. Um, and that just that just means longevity. That game is mm-hmm. going to honestly i think we're going to see a resurgence in fortnite because of it i think we're going to see another kind of summer of fortnite where fortnite like becomes huge this summer because Mm -hmm. everyone's like oh no building let's go that's Um, a huge thing yeah so that's big to somebody like me who's not a gamer not into fortnite all that building stuff out of there dude yeah exactly fair game um here we go. And then I read a bunch of comics actually today. So I've been, dude, I've gotten, <clears throat> I got sucked into the weird side of comics, um, into the wild side of comics, actually. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about the current Moon Knight run. Um, yes, a little absolutely. bit later, a little bit later, but uh, a couple of comics that came out this week. So um, Tom Taylor has been writing a miniseries for Marvel called Dark Ages. And essentially the idea is that there is this other celestial that nobody really knew about that ends up ended up growing into in the middle of Earth. It essentially mm-hmm. grew um in uh Earth's um core the the crust the mantle (laughs) and what we find out is that it's it the power its power is essentially a giant emp so it shuts down all of the electronics gotcha on earth all that's a great idea So like you're you're like watching iron man flying through the through the sky and all of a sudden yep his armor's toast and he falls out of the air um and then it picks up like 20 to 30 years in the future and so like peter parker is like he's he's like he's still a a hip dad because he's got so this takes place like they're they're really taking from like the renew your vows side so he's like married to mary jane and he has mayday parker as his daughter but he's got like steam yeah so he's got these steampunk gauntlets on his on his wrist that allow him to still shoot webs but they're very much like old steampunky and he's yeah, got like yeah, yeah. he has he very much has like the Doctor Strange haircut where it's like gray um, mm-hmm. on the sides. Um, and what ends up happening is that when this celestial kind of comes to fruition and kind of reveals itself, there's a bunch like half of the the Marvel heroes teleport to the center of the Earth to fight him and die. So like Oof. there's a bunch of people who die. So. Uh, Doctor Strange dies, and there's a bunch of other people that that do die. What you find out is that Apocalypse is essentially creating a Faraday cage with the help of he has enslaved Purple Man to take mm-hmm. over the minds of Magneto. Um, he takes over Do- Mr. Fantastic. Dude, I'm telling you right Heavy now, hitters. this this is this is a comic that actually just came to the end this week. So it's only six issues. This is a comic that you will want to read. Because, it sounds hey, great. <clears throat> Tom Taylor is the one who wrote um, Deceased. He wrote the zombie stuff for DC. Um, that. And that's such a great story. That's something um, I actually read. <laughs> so Tom Taylor is already proven to be such a great writer. And he, he creates amazing stories. And this story is is nothing but amazing. It's great. It just came to an end. 
it really it comes to a very satisfying end i'm very happy i hope that he ends up coming out with like a second part to kind of show what happens after fact yeah like a like a deceased unkillables but with exactly the, the dark ages yeah for sure um so what's that's the really deal good. with what's the deal with everybody enslaving purple man <laughs> bro you know yeah right he's King got King that power yeah. everybody needs and they're just like dude you're not gonna have this this is mine now i'm gonna <laughs> exactly um, um, that sounds awesome it, actually it, it, it i was, like that it idea. was really good i was i was i was like I, honestly, I was very surprised that it came to an end this week. I thought it was going to be probably like how many a issues? Issue series. It's only six. Only six. Um, wow. And so I thought it was going to be eight issues. So I was like, okay. So I'm. I, I was like, okay. I don't think the story's not going to end this week. It's going to kind of push on. And I, I'm. I kind of wish there was another issue, even just one more, to kind of conclude nice. the series. Um. And then any comic the second, wanting you leaving you wanting more that's a good thing you know ex- ex- exactly Hopefully he returns um, to it the second one is ghost rider so they just restarted ghost rider back up um this is issue two of two obviously um this is going to be a current issue it's writ it's or a, a, a congruent book it's written by benjamin percy who's the writer currently of x-men um not X-Men. X-Force. And he's also the current writer of Wolverine. Nice, nice. It, it The start of this book, you find a Johnny Blaze, because they're refocusing on Johnny Blaze. You find a Johnny Blaze who, who supposedly got into a car accident. He has this scar on his head, but he's with his family. He's in this pretty little town. What you find out is that it's a prison created by demons and he has kind of back to square one in his relationship with ghost rider um the spirit of vengeance it's very much he and ghost rider when ghost rider is in they used to have a symbiotic relationship where when ghost rider was in control johnny was very much awake and knew exactly what was happening they were essentially both they were both in control of his body now you have a very much a situation where when Johnny is Johnny, he's Johnny. But then when he becomes Ghost Rider, he blacks out and he doesn't know what ha- what's happening. Oh, I see. And so it's very much like a very Stephen Grant situation. It's very, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poor <actually>. guy. <laughs> um, Feel bad for it's him. very stripping Johnny Blaze back down to like back down to like what he used to be very much gotcha. um very interesting right the character now. It's very yeah. it's very wild again like i'm reading now i'm reading ghost rider and moon knight and both of those are just wild like books in and of themselves right now and so it's like i'm very much in the like weird like um, very wild characters yeah yeah very wild characters and then the last one um, them. that i read the religious week, concepts been, too yeah ethereal sure. yeah gods and last, demons and all the last stuff. one i read uh this week was spider-man and spider-man is my boy um they've been doing spider-man beyond and so essentially peter parker um was injured he was no longer spider-man and ben riley took over and was becoming spider-man and then what you find out is the company that he's working for is not as up and up as they seem um 
they had been wiping his memory any time that he was getting close to realizing the truth um, about the company beyond. And they act actually wiped his memory one too many times. Um, and he started having holes in his memory. So he started losing the memories of Aunt May and Ben. He knew Yikes. that those weren't his memories. He knew that those were Parker's memories, but those were still very foundational memories to his character. Is like he was like, yes, oh, absolutely. I, I know these aren't my memories, but like, I still, I still know what Uncle Ben meant, and I, I still know what Aunt May meant to me. Um, so he's just having these gaps, and at the end, and essentially, he and Parker get into a fight because he's like, dude, like if you. Uh, essentially beyond lies to him telling him hey if you want your memories back you have to get them from parker and they have this machine that would help him well the problem is is if he did that it would essentially kill peter like that's the whole idea and so peter's like dude you're just kind of blindly listening to them and not actually like you know deciding if this is something that's Mm -hmm. a good thing and so at the end of the book uh ben uh peter becomes spider-man again actually in july we're supposed to be getting this event that i'm really scared about because we talked about it last week it literally the like the big title card is what did peter do and like he's on the outs with avengers he's on the outs with fantastic four he's on the outs with uh, mj who weirdly enough he moves in with at the end of this issue which feels like they're just setting me up to be really pissed off at the the start of this next series Mm-hmm. Um, but Ben Riley ends up becoming a new character and he's called chasm and dude, the artwork for this character, like it's essentially Spider-Man, but like, he kind of looks like he's, it looks like Spider-Man mixed with toxin. I will show you a Let picture of Let me check this him. out. Chasm. How do you even spell chasm? See, yeah, if you want to look kind of at the screen, oh, that's sick. Hold on. It chasm. looks so it looks very Marvel. badass. Actually, I'm going to take a screenshot and just send this to you uh, because it's dope. Ooh, that's that's clean. I love that. That's a good look. Yeah. It's, so, like, that's really sick. He's got because, energy like, coming off him? It's it, it's more like he... My God, he's I got, like, a hole? More, yeah, it's more like he's, like, almost, like, disappearing because, like, the whole idea is that a lot of his memories are missing. And so where... There's like bodies of people. So like he'll be like remembering a memory of Aunt May and Uncle Ben, right? Yeah. But instead of seeing Aunt May and Uncle Ben, he sees their bodies and then where their faces are, there's 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 this giant hole that looks to be like eating away. I mean, that's that memory loss kicking in. He yeah. Can't remember exactly. who they are. So that's wow. really interesting because this he still has all the been... spider powers and stuff with yeah, this. He still has all the spider powers, everything. So it's gonna be is really. It, are interesting the powers manifesting differently, or we haven't? We don't know. We don't know because they showed they showed him their. Um, Damn, that looks like, like a symbiote. I'm, I'm no longer. I'm no longer Spider Man. I'm Chasm. Chasm. Um, so it'll be really villain? interesting to see. No idea. <laughs> like literally, like they literally just set up that that his his new name and moving forward, he's gonna be called huh. Chasm. We this don't know if he's villain, a villain. Which is... We don't know if he's a hero. We don't know if he's an anti-hero. I have a yeah. feeling he might become an anti-hero because they've kind of gone the full villain route with Ben Riley already. Um, well, you know, so when, yeah, when they're playing really around with memory, 
he could be, you know, he could forget that all of his heroic characteristics, you know, he could go full on villain. That's intriguing. I love that design be, also. That's a stellar It'll be very look. interesting. The Holy design <laughs> itself is just dope. Like that's really cool. Um, again, you know, thinking yeah, a Joker again. based on the design, based on this design, it's, it's got me hooked. Really, Whereas yeah, Barry Keoghan's exactly. Joker was like, eh, this is, this is something I like. This wants exactly. me to, this is drawing um, me in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I, Chasm. again, it's Oof. dude, like Spider-Man continues to be that series that as much as sometimes I dislike some of the storylines, I, I think, I think beyond ran a little long. I think they could have kind of really focused it up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it was still a really good and interesting take. And a really interesting story that they it was very original. It was something they really hadn't done before. Um, and now I just get to sit and wait for a couple of weeks and be scared by whatever John Romita Jr. and whoever's going to be writing that book is going to do in the summer. Oh, Romita. Um, because I'm very scared. I also, this is, it's going to be interesting because I think this will be very. <sighs> This might be a book where I just buy it because I like Spider-Man. I do not like John Romita Jr.'s art. I don't. No. I think he looks I think <clears throat> they look cool as covers, but like page to page his his detail It's very blocky. Faces, I don't like it cuz it looks blocky. Very weird. Exactly. It looks very weird. Um so it'll be interesting to see if I stay hooked with Spider-Man. Um, or if I take a, a a little bit of a hiatus, um, but yeah. So you mentioned actually, you, you mentioned art. Uh, yeah. This would be a great time to transition into yeah. Moon Knight because so, I love the way that book looks. <laughs> so so yeah. So then the other the other comic that we're kind of going to talk about here. Um, is Moon Knight, and this one, the current run that we're going to talk about is. Let's see. Uh, let me get the book. I details. picked up the Midnight Mission. Yep, it's written by Jed McKay, and yeah. art by Alessandro Cappuccino. Is Cappuccino? That's what I thought too. Look, looks how it's spelt. Um, Moon Knight apparently, written by he Cappuccino. has literally only done the Fantastic Four anniversary tribute and okay. Moon Knight. So those are the. So only you two recognize some of these Marvel. names? I do. Un I do recognize Jed McKay. Um, okay. He actually did um, an issue. He did an issue of Absolute Carnage, which is a gotcha. great series. He did a couple. He did uh, the Absolute Carnage Miles Morales um, tie-in. He's done some other spot. Okay. He's done some Spider-Man books. He's done some Avengers stuff. Um, Love it. He's done Black Cat. He's done Doctor Strange. He did. The did he have Devil anything Brain to do Moon with the Knight Avengers run? run? Where Conchu takes over and the Avengers fight Conchu and he takes over the world was that Jed McKay? Yeah, actually, chance? yeah. So yeah, that he's actually done then. some of that. Beautiful. Um, he's done some Iron Man. He's done King, some King and Black. He's done a lot of different stuff. It looks like he also worked on the Man Without Fear uh, miniseries that they did for him. He's done Spider Verse, Spider Geddon. So he's actually, and I love his writing. Um, Dude's been around. Book, then. This book is very interesting. It takes place after the um after Avengers Age of Conchu, which essentially the Avengers uh Moon Knight goes after the Avengers and essentially starts collecting all of the powers. So he defeats Iron Fist, 
and takes the Iron Fist away. He um, defeats Thor and takes Mjolnir away. He does Ooh. all of these different things, essentially taking all of these things over and then uh, unleashes Khonshu on the world and essentially creates the Age of Khonshu. So uh, I think it's New York actually becomes like this Egyptian thing. And so the Avengers I've seen a few things and lock Khonshu up. So where this run on Moon Knight starts is um, Moon Knight doesn't have access and doesn't have like a talking relationship with Khonshu because Khonshu is in prison currently. So it's very much Moon Knight trying in to Asgard. figure out, okay, yeah, it's very much Moon Knight trying to figure out, okay, how do I be the fist of Khonshu without being able to talk to my god kind mm-hmm. of a thing? Um, it's dude, the art Seems in this like... is the biggest reason that I. I am am so in, invested in this book because the art in this looks so cool, it and that's so cool. Cappuccino, right? Yeah, that's Cappuccino doing the art. Yeah, stellar art. That's something that grabbed my attention right away. Is all these sharp angles and deep mm-hmm. shadows. Love all of that. It lends to the character beautifully. Um, One of- the other thing, apparently, <laughs> real quick thing about the Age of Conchu. How is he able to lift Mjolnir? What is up with that? I don't know. Nobody knows. Something Nobody, about Mjolnir being made no, of moonrock, although it was yeah, forged a star. Like, is that book, is that event looked upon lightly in the comics community? That like it was good. The, honestly, good. like okay. the the run of Avengers currently right now has been really good. It has been a very good run. Um, so like nobody looks at it and was like, eh, okay. Like it's kind of one of those things where it's like, we'll give it a pass, kind of a thing. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's not like oh this was horrible so we never want to speak of it again. It's more like hey this entire run has been pretty decent so might as well just kind of give if if they do like things that just don't make sense it's like all right we're gonna give it a pass and just kind of move mm-hmm. on that kind of thing. Um, gotcha. The funniest thing, one of the interesting parts of this book is that Moon Knight actually has to go to a um, therapist. Yeah. regularly because it's the essentially it's like avengers mandated therapy it's yeah the avengers want to make sure that he's good because his god is in prison the guy who resurrected him is in prison yeah. and so he has to do therapy and honestly some of the best parts of this book are his interactions with this therapist yeah um, outside of the fighting because the action is really fun it's really interesting. Um, they set up that, you know, Moon Knight is the fist of Khonshu, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what they set up in like the first couple, like the first two issues is like, what if there's another fist? Like, like everybody has two hands. So you can't Before just you... have one. There's... Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Before you move on, I, I will say I've only read the first yeah. two issues. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah. and, and I'm not going to spoil <laughs> I'm, anything. I'm in the dark about who the Hunter's Moon is, so I can't yeah, get that so spoiled I, just yet. I don't, I, I don't even understand who the Hunter's Moon is. Like, they, they, they haven't really explained fully, but the okay. idea is like, hey, there's another Fist of Conchu, essentially. Yeah. And so you have Moon Knight, and then you have Hunter's Moon, which already, that's really badass. And especially yeah. if you... Great idea. Um, they showed his costume in the first two issues, right? hunter's moon i believe so, so yeah it is very much an anti-moon night so it's, it's like very a full much moon like, 
it's yeah it's very it's all it's like black with some white accents it's very much like batman like it's got some yellow like, in there too i think right yes for sure like they always they always joke that like moon knight is marvel's batman and with hunter's moon it's very much like okay what if moon knight's suit looked very much more batman than anything um and so it's really badass um it actually looks a lot like luke cage true when he was uh when he was running the clubs and stuff i think he wore like a yellow suit with a black over jacket vest thing and then it the 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 hunter's moon is basically that but with uh, a moon knight mask that's black i believe and it's got a full moon as opposed to moon knight's traditional i think crescent uh design i'm very interested in this character and what he's gonna mean it's really badass because the other cool thing is like they they very much lean into both moon knight but also mr knight and the mission like he create he essentially creates this mission where it's it's essentially like like it's a missionary and he um i mean in the first issue like he essentially protects this um area that he has decided is Mm -hmm. his territory and um in that there is a vampire problem in the marvel universe right now that they've (laughs) been talking about in avengers they've talked about it in wolverine they've talked about really in yeah they've talked about it in a that's a broader concept it's a a very yeah it's an overall dracula um essentially the uh vampire colony and dracula moved themselves to um chernobyl actually okay i was gonna and... don't say new york everything happens in yeah, new york no no no, no. They, they actually <laughs> moved to chernobyl break, he actually chernobyl, he actually uh he actually cons the russian government into giving him chernobyl does like, he really he cons them into thinking that he's just an old man who needs to be exiled so they exile him <clears> to chernobyl and he's like, all right, so now that I have room to kind of spread my legs, we're cool. Gonna that plan worked perfectly. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cre- recreate the uh, vampire dynasty. And so that's actually where you start. Interesting. To see in Moon Knight, you see these these vampires like talking to these new people that they've turned and saying, hey, all right, so now it's your turn. You got to go out and kill some people and turn them into vampires because we need as many vampires as possible. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, that gives way broader and more interesting concept uh, context to Reese, which is Mr. Knight's assistant at this (laughs) uh, Kanchu clinic. Yeah, who becomes a vampire? Um, Literally, the first scene in the first issue is uh, Moon Knight taking on a group of vampires, which as a a pretty novice comic reader, I'm just like, okay, this is a good hook to get the reader invested. Just have Moon Knight face off against a couple of vampires. I was actually surprised to see that Reese ended up being in the first two issues and presumably the whole series because he just saves her outright. And understanding now that there's a broader vampire problem as you put it in the marvel comics world makes reese's character actually a lot more interesting i i already like her and the banter and the balancing act that she does with mr knight but now i'm very interested in this vampire stuff going on is she maybe some sort of double agent planted to monitor moon knight i just got these thoughts swirling in my head right now very interesting it's it's really cool what they've been doing with the vampire yeah. like using the vampires to kind of to kind of like 
go through different and actually benjamin percy who uh is writing um wolverine actually there he had a whole run where the uh, dracula was trying to use these vampires to get a hold of wolverine so they could tap into his blood and essentially create a create vampires that could walk out in the sun that was yeah. like the whole like that was the whole they reason they were ability, trying to cap- yeah they were trying yeah, to capture sense. wolverine to like tap into his blood um so yeah it's really interesting uh you haven't even gotten into like the best parts of they they introduce a serial killer i won't even give you his name because like that kind of gives away some of like the characters like yeah. character itself so they introduce a serial killer that it looks like he's going to also be kind of a like a He's still a problem in nine issues in, so he's a problem that's going to continue on right now. Um, it's just really interesting. The art, again, the art is the one of the biggest things that keeps pulling me back every issue. Is like I just want to watch, I just want to look at the art because yeah. the art is just fantastic. One hundred percent. And the thing about the the foils that they give Moon Knight to battle in his section of the mm-hmm. city that he has delegated as his 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 flock you know his church a lot of religious vibes going on here um his congregation i think he he actually is the is the phrase that he uses they give him vampires straight off the bat to fight they give him um a couple of like f tier supervillains. you got like this guy eight ball uh which is where you are introduced to um the the alter identity of the hunter's moon the man who mm-hmm. is also an agent of Kanshu. he goes out in his civilian identity he's a, a black man huge broad shouldered dude he can hold yeah, his own and he's rip. just railing on eight ball which i thought was funny but uh, then um the second issue is where this really interesting antagonist comes along i i have to assume that he's a mutant because his sweat actually absorbs the minds of people that he comes into contact with so he can have all of these people do his bidding is that the serial killer you're talking about or is this person somebody different than i think his Um, name was holly the janitor with the sweat power (laughs) for lack of a better term i'm looking i'm looking at like the panels I don't think it is. Oh, gotcha. Because I, I was, you mentioned the serial killer. I was like, you I don't sure? remember Are him you being sure a serial killer, issue? but he's like a oh, career criminal right. in the second issue is this, this janitor guy. No, that's guy. the soldier, right? That's soldier. The soldier Isn't is that... part of it, but the janitor is the one controlling them through his sweat. So if these mm, people ingest the sweat, and I think it's mostly elderly oh, people right. because they're more susceptible to the effects of this. Um, but yeah, he's, that's he's been in the business a while. Yeah. He's like a mercenary for hire. This guy, Holly, yeah. I thought that was a really interesting antagonist. And then the way that Moon Knight dispatches him is he's like, yeah, okay, give me your sweat. I'll take it. I don't care. I know I'm going to defeat you in my mind. And so he yeah. just like he's brain like, blasts just him with his conscious like, stuff. You, you don't know. You don't even know this, but my mind is very messed up. Like I have yeah, multiple dude. personalities. Like there's Mark no Stecker, opportunity that you're going to actually like, do anything that not somebody you want to mess with on the mental astro plane or whatever and he's got that's that's where that art man that sharp um deep shadow all all that art going on when (sighs) when they're inside the mind of of mark specter stephen grant whoever he is 
it's just you know this this janitor is getting absorbed by the the wraps and the mummies and the the tombs and he's got each of his personalities and tombs i just thought the whole sequence in issue two with the the mind stuff was incredible and one of the really cool things especially in the first couple issues i think it's like the first five or six issues is he is moon knight and mr knight he is nothing else he doesn't he he's not he doesn't you're right himself mark he doesn't he he is only moon knight and mr knight and there's a reason for that that you will find out later in the later in the run i think it's like issue six where you really find out oh this makes sense but Mm -hmm. it is such a cool revelation in and of itself that it just makes sense and it's like oh like this is wild um so i'm actually really excited for you to like continue reading this run i'm definitely invested i I actually bought I bought the collected um, the edition, run the first of volume? the mission. Yeah, okay, the first volume, nice. volume one. So that's I'm actually how I've been that, reading. Sure. That's how I've read uh, Daredevil. Is I just every time a, a new volume came out, I bought a volume because I didn't want to read it like issue by issue um, because I was always already so behind that I just started uh, collecting it volume by volume. But this is a great lead in uh, to moon Knight coming out today uh tonight um i'm gonna take we're gonna take a like like it's gonna for you guys it's gonna be right here and then you know there's gonna be a a a quick little pause and then we'll be back i have to go uh i can hear my dogs barking this was a uh this is going to be a running thing in this show is me having to go talk to my dogs and tell them to stop barking at people. I could lead us off um, in the conversation if you wanted. Yeah. If you want to do that, that's absolutely fine. I'll be go right ahead and back. intro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I did this last week when I was like, okay, Landon stay there and, and introduce your casting list. And I'm like, yes, I got this definitely. So yeah, like Russ said, Moon Knight, the first episode of the new Disney plus show has dropped today. Obviously, I have a full-time job, so I had to work until five today, but I caught the episode immediately as soon as I got home. I read up on my comics, and I watched the first episode of Moon Knight, and guys, this show is stellar. Um, There's some terrific cinematography. There's some terrific acting from Oscar Isaac in here. A lot of good stuff to talk about, and so we're just going to dive right in. I thought that the first episode was stellar. There's only one thing that I really... Um, didn't care for and that was actually the lack of Moon Knight in the episode um, Russ you're back what did yep. you think about only seeing oh spoilers for the episode by the way yes spoilers um, for the episode. Moon Knight is not in this episode until the last couple of seconds what do you think so okay so I <laughs> this is something that's very interesting if you if you look at 90% of the Marvel shows one thing you will realize is that the costume for the character like the actual full full showing of the costume does not come until episode six that happened with falcon and the winter soldier um where he finally got the captain america suit yeah it happened with scarlet witch where she didn't finally get her like actual scarlet witch suit until like episode six it happened with Hawkeye. Hawkeye. It happened <laughs> Kate with Bishop Hawkeye. gave him the suit before the final I mean, battle. Even all you have to do is even look at the Marvel shows. The first season of Daredevil, he didn't actually get his Daredevil costume until the last issue, the last episode. 
You're so right. It is something that Marvel does. Interesting. Where they don't want, they want you to build, they want to build that anticipation. I understand mm-hmm. what they're doing with it. I don't agree with it, but I understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. With Moon Knight, I knew that they weren't going, they can't, they couldn't kind of wait around to get to the Moon Knight costume until like the last episode of this first season. They had to get to it a lot sooner. And so I'm actually, I actually liked the fact that we didn't see the Moon Knight costume until the very end of this episode, because I think it gave me the anticipation because this episode is not about Moon Knight. No, uh, like this episode is very much about Grant, this mm-hmm. personality that he thinks he is like, essentially, this is the base. Uh, the way he thinks is that he is essentially the base personality yep. and that Mark Spector and then subsequently Moon Knight. Are the kind of like. Parasite alter personalities. Yeah. Funny enough, you get essentially Conchu calling grant the parasite so which which really means what and and this is how i think is that mark is going to it's going to be very apparent that mark is the the base personality as we go on in the series grant this grant personality has actually like something i want to i bet you something happened to mark that forced him that all of a sudden forced this weird shift of power where it it feels like grant is the base personality some I sort of trauma yeah that, yeah had mark i think there's gonna be something and there steven become more dominant. especially because especially in how in the way Conchu interacts with grant calling him a parasite being Definitely like oh great <laughs> oh great the idiot woke up yeah the idiot like, i've got I, the idiots here like those comments really make me feel like okay at one point spect uh honestly i think it, it might be one of those cases where specter was raised from the dead by Conchu, which that is something that's part of his uh character origin not sure if that's going to be actually part of the their the mcu origin but that's essentially part of the character's origin in the comics it might be one of those things that when Khonshu resurrected Mark Spector, all of a sudden it kind of fractured his brain. And so you have yeah. these, you have this other personality. And so in Khonshu's head, it's like, yeah, this guy is the parasite kind of a thing. Um, I, dude, I loved this episode. I've watched Real it. Quick. Twice. I watched it on my lunch break. Uh, and then I watched it right after I got home from work. I love this episode i I thought it was really strong real quick though you mentioned how um being in contact with a god will change your brain patterns and you think that might be one of the reasons for why stephen grant has become a more dominant personality is because interacting with a god messes you up right dude that is exactly what the the first issue of the the missionary the comic run that we're just talking about the therapist is like i think you're personality i think your your brain chemistry has been fundamentally changed because of being in contact with a god for so long i think that's actually a really interesting story beat that could uh manifest as the show continues and one of the cool i think one of the coolest things about this episode is 
it doesn't it doesn't spoon feed you anything and it doesn't heavy hand you anything yeah in the the very beginning the very beginning we see grant going about his life we obviously see there are some things up he has an ankle uh restraint on he puts tape yeah. on his door to make sure the that sand he like, that's around his bed the, the sand, sand around yeah. his bed to make sure that like he could see footprints which th- it was only until the second time watching the show or this episode that i realized why the sand was there the first time i was like <laughs> what what and then it made sense afterwards all of these little things and then he goes to work he's talking to his boss all of a sudden this girl that he fancies comes up and says hey are we we on for our date still and he's like huh are you asking me on a date she's like haha you're funny so obviously he already asked her on a date but he doesn't remember asking her on a date so all of these there's little subtleties that are like hey there is something wrong here but you don't exactly know what's up. And then you get to that point where he's like, I, I have to try to stay awake because of some reason. And then that's where you actually see what is going on. Dude, this, I, like, I haven't been this excited for a show in a while. It's an and excellent this, pilot. This episode got me so hyped. Like this episode, like, this kind of this did the same thing that Daredevil, the first season of Dare, the first episode of Daredevil did for me for the first season of Daredevil. Like this, if, I I am prepared for this to be my favorite uh Disney Plus show. It's already it's already a strong contender for me for, oh, for, for the, sure. the Disney Plus stuff specifically. Exactly. I still have the Netflix category oh, yeah. in a different realm. Oh, and Daredevil sure. is at the very top of that list. But yeah, Moon Knight comes out very strong today. If we can for a second briefly talk about mm-hmm. some things that we had issues with in the episode. Mm-hmm. I definitely what, have an issue. What do you think? Because my big one right off the van right off the van, right off the bat was the van sequence and the chase in this European town. So I have to ask why. Yeah. So I didn't care for the tonal shift that we kind Mm -hmm. of got once he hops in that van, because you have this wacky, strange cult leader and all of his Mm -hmm. fanatics, right? Following Mm -hmm. Stephen Grant, closing in on him. You know, he's got nowhere to hide, nowhere to run. It seems like the entire town is against him. And then he hops in this cupcake truck and then you get this catchy poppy song that feels very Disney, very Marvel and not the parts that I think people love about Marvel. You know, it's a very James Gunn type move to put a a very noticeable pop song in there. It just kind of shifted the vibe of everything. You thought it felt James Gunny? Yeah, I I think it felt a little too whimsical. And I, I, I'm forgetting what the song was right now. Do you remember what the song was? Wake me up before you go, go. Yeah. And the thing is, you got this, you got this important scene where he's, he's in this new You're area. You're welcome, everyone. Who being just listened to me have to sing. That's going to be the title of the episode. Russ yeah. sings, wake me up before Russ, you go. go. Russ. <laughs> wake me up, girl. So put that go. in the books right now. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Welcome. Russ sings. Uh, waking <laughs> up. Uh, we're gonna put that in the episode title. <laughs> oh, um, I didn't. I didn't, uh, I didn't warm up the pipes. Sorry. Good for marketing purposes too. If you want to hear <laughs> Russ sing, we're not yeah, gonna exactly. tell you where in the podcast. So you're gonna have <laughs> exactly. to listen. 
Um, but the thing about this van chase is that I didn't really care for the song choice and it kind of shifted the whole tone of the scene. Some of the CGI work was a bit dodgy as well. Mm. I do, however, love how they switched personalities is like we don't even see the other personality. And that's something we can get into. I love. Yeah, I I think it was really interesting because I um, I actually really did enjoy. I did like the way that he switched personalities. It was like he had like this weird, like weird face that he made. And all of a sudden, then poof, it was just. It was like he left and came back. Like it was just, just like, like goes to sleep and then comes like back weird, immediately. Like, yeah. Like a weird glitch in the system almost. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that. I think that was really cool. Agreed. It'll be really yeah. interesting to see in episode two. Um, I didn't have any problems with the, the car scene. I think it, I actually didn't mind the song choice because I think it, I think I, I think, think lyri- it, lyrically I think and it narratively worked. it fits, but the tone is just way, not what I'm looking for. I, and I and I totally get you on that. Like I I I won't say you're wrong in that. I think it worked for me because it was like a fun clash of the two identities. It was mm. a clash of Grant's identity that was very much he doesn't have anything he needs to worry about. He is he's a shop. He's like a He's a gift shop run. He runs a yeah. gift shop, essentially. He's also and very so he much out of his element in this mercenary. He's very mu- yeah, thing. exactly. He's very yeah. much just like trying to figure out what the heck is happening to him. And so you have this yeah. song choice that it, it fits more in his world, but then you're mm. in Spectre's world. And so that's where yeah. I think... I, I like that a lot, me. actually. Um. And I think Russ, you just improved and, the so scene here's for what, me. And, and you know what? The funny thing is, Landon, I will say I disliked it the first time I watched it. I've only seen it I, once. And, so I, maybe and, I dis, and I disliked it for the exact reason that you disliked it. Hmm. So I think, I think because I went into the second viewing knowing what was going on, I think it actually, I was able to make that connection better and it worked for me. I, think I wonder that, if that's it, intentional you know, on the point of the film. And I think it is. I, I really think it is. Uh-huh. It's very, it, and I love, Sneaky. I love that. Mm. I love that we're ha- like, this is the discussion we're able to have because I think that's really cool that like it, it, it gives you a, a just very off putting feeling in the beginning. But then if you watch it a second time, you're like, Oh wait, okay. You can make those connections and it makes sense. Um, the You're biggest right. thing I hated, and I shout out to um, Joe, my best friend. Um, he doesn't. He like listens to this show like off and on. So I'm gonna I'm razzing hey, him Joe. for that. Um, but he and I actually talked just before the podcast about um, the episode, and I I told him I said the biggest thing I hated was the accent for Grant. Oh, Stephen Grant, British. Stephen Grant's British accent. It's a bit off-putting, isn't it? It's it's just odd, and I an interesting and, choice. And, and and Joe said he was like, "Yo, it's it's not supposed to be a perfect British accent because this is Mark Spector, so he is an American doing his like his brain is doing a British accent based off of this other personality, this multiple personality disorder that he has, and so like I get it." 
and and funny enough like i i'm willing to like look past it but it still caused me issue like it was like it still was like dude this is bad like i put it on the same level of like the first time we meet wanda her accent in like age of ultron is mm. so bad it's dropped just that so quickly, bad and they dropped it and so it'll be interesting to see if we move into a like Mark Spector's personality is the dominant personality moving mm-hmm. forward. And so we don't have to hear that accent um, as much as, um, as we do right now. I think, see, in the same way that you kind of found a new purpose through the, the second mm-hmm. watch through of the van sequence. Yeah. I, I actually think that the, the funky accent and the heavy British inflection on his words actually lends to the dorkiness of Stephen yes. Grant. And I think there's maybe that element to it as well, but it, it definitely took some getting used to, but by the end of the episode, I was like, you know what? I can, I can, I can accept that. And I will agree with you on that. I think, I think very much by the end of the episode, I was like, I, I was very much, okay, I can deal with this accent. It's fine. My other issue, and it will be very, it'll be very interesting to see if it gets rectified because I didn't have an issue with it the first time I watched it. I only had an issue with it the second time I watched it. Mm. The way Khonshu interacts with... Yes. I don't like it. Yes, distracting. I I don't like how cheeky he is. And especially... feels off. Especially when the villain is this, like, diehard... He's like this uh like cult leader yeah. based on he's essentially following this other egyptian god and then you have this arthur harrow this, he's the voice actor sorry sorry arthur the, harrow uh, is the cult leader played by ethan uh, hawk yeah okay gotcha 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 uh, it's uh, like simet simet sim something yeah the god that he um, follows he's amazing he, he's love him amazing. uh but yeah i really struggled with how he interacted with especially like even when he said mark's name like it, when he said oh, yeah. mark if you do not take over this body i'll kill you both it was like, like sassy it, it, yeah it was like weird. weird i was like odd choice you're you're essentially the the moon god of egypt why are you like sassily having this conversation with this guy who doesn't even know anything and like it just and like I could, I could like, I actually thought the oh great the idiot woke up. I thought that was fine, but it was like it 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 went too far. I think little, I think a little bit of sass goes a long way when it comes to like Conchu. I will say the guy who voices Conchu, I love. I think that is a I'm great not familiar voice. with him. I'm not familiar with him either, but like just the way that that oh that I see voice, I see came through i was like oh i like this you know um, russ i think i think the reason that we're kind of having issues with the voice of, of Kanshu mm-hmm. is that we never saw the physical representation of Kanshu and the uh Holy, yeah. like, metaphysical uh sound of his voice we never saw the two together it was always here's Kanshu really? as this crazy hallway demon and then here is this voice yeah. that is talking to him at first i thought that this might have been the mark specter like 
persona in his head. True. Uh, yeah, true. And it wasn't until like Conchu started appearing to him in the museum and in his apartment complex that I was like, mm. what, what is up with that voice? Is that supposed to be Conchu? And I actually yeah. had subtitles on, so I, I knew that it was Conchu, but there's a disconnect right. there because I think part of the oh, problem sure. is we didn't for see sure. the two together. Um, and Especially I, and because there's we've, such we've seen clashing designs. I think we've you know seen I mean? because we've seen bits and pieces, especially in this first episode, we saw bits and pieces of Kanju. Mm-hmm. We just never saw him essentially his head speaking. and the voice essentially being yeah. like, "Oh, hey, this is Kanju speaking right now." We can see him, and he's supposed to. There's a voice coming exactly that's supposed to be like, like Grant is looking at this guy. There was no. I I, I actually agree with you on this. I think. I think very much, I think the reason that we didn't, I didn't connect with his cheekiness is because we didn't see, it was just a disembodied voice to the body that we know Kanchu is, essentially. Yeah, um, that's a good way of putting so it. I, so I will agree with you on that. I do have That's basically it, though, in terms of negative stuff. That's, Everything else yeah, is stellar. Dude, <laughs> the way this, the way this, this show is shot is so wildly different from anything marvel has done before and it is stunning it is gorgeous there's a lot of i'm sorry Sorry, i I, like i know like i I mean i don't think there's very many people saying that you know what um oscar isaac shouldn't be the one cast as this but like oscar isaac in the just literally even as grant yeah. perfectly shows why he is the perfect person to play this role yes absolutely 100 I, I just oh i it makes me love i i love oscar isaac anyways like i i think he's an amazing actor i think he absolutely kills it in any role actually did you ever watch the um netflix show or the netflix movie it's him it's ben affleck it's uh pascal it's pedro pascal oh my gosh it's like What's last it frontier it's like a it, yeah they essentially about. they go into mexico and kill a drug lord and then i've seen it uh, like a couple of times out. dude final mean, frontier maybe final frontier i think is what it's called that is such an, a great movie it is such a great movie and he is such he's such a good actor in that movie also um my boy ben affleck actually kills it in that movie that's a great, great film well, like, yeah underrated for sure triple frontier also, triple frontier thank you i watched that movie like three times which is hilarious that's yeah same frontier. i've seen it like twice <laughs> for a netflix and, movie um, yeah it's incredible for a netflix movie and then also he's in dune and he's absolutely amazing in dune oh like six oscar like, wins dune he is he is such a great actor and it it just it elevates this show instantly just yeah. instantly um even when he is playing that goofy the grant the goofy grant side of mm-hmm. it i've got to say i was oscar, on the fence about oscar isaac's casting initially because mm, there's part okay. of it where it's just like oscar isaac is cast as everything he's apocalypse he's yeah. in star wars he's a hot commodity no doubt and he's very very talented but there's a little bit of his fatigue uh when you see the same actor pop up and it's like okay i no longer see him as yeah, this character true. i see him as like all these characters right true 
I am 100% sold on Oscar Isaac in this role. I love the way that he portrayed this dorky, nerdy Stephen Grant character, this fish out of water to like every situation he's in. I thought that was stunning. I will say my favorite scene in this, and just in terms of acting, not in terms of like any comic book or superhero stuff, the scene where he is sitting by himself waiting for his supposed date. Of course, he's been... He's been gallivanting across Europe as this Mark Spector identity, and he's lost two days. And he doesn't realize until his date doesn't show up that it's not Thursday, it's Sunday. What happened to those two days? And and when he gets off the phone call with this girl that he was supposed to meet, and you you have the waiter bearing down on him like, is she going to show up? Do you want steak? Blah, blah, blah. And that just... I love the way that the camera just holds on his face and you can just see him go through this level of torment, sadness, regret, confusion. It's all there. And Oscar he Isaac doesn't even nails care about it. the steak. He's literally no. the guy asks, Hey, do you want any? St-? He, he's like, you know what? Give me steak. He's like, I want the good parts. And then when the guy asks him yeah. what, how he wants it cooked, he's like, I just want it cooked. Uh, and I thought it, the dialogue tasty. was stellar was in this so scene. Funny. And I love the yeah. little bit about Stephen Grant, like not giving a shit about what kind of steak he wants or not being yeah. specific. It's just the fact that Oscar Isaac's 100, his acting ability is just yeah. on full display and, there. And I thought that was brilliant. That little scene might the, be my favorite part of the episode. And the, crazy best part, <laughs> the best part too about that is like, I mean, perfect example. We both watched Triple Frontier. So yeah. we know the Mark Spector version of this character is going to be badass. Oh, like, for we sure. Under, we That's know a great that point. That character, I didn't think about that. And especially now. even when you start to see, oh, dude, the conversation with himself that he has where Mark's like, dude, you've, we're, we're going to die. If bathroom you mirror, want us yeah. to live, yes, if you want us to live, you have to let me take control. That is so just a uh, awesome scene. Yeah. And yet I still don't like the Moon Knight suit. Oh, you don't? I still I, I, do not like the Moon Knight suit. I like it more than I did initially, but the fact I, with I, these... I, I, do, I do like it more than I liked it initially. I still just don't like it. I agree. I agree I like, with you. I don't I, like the suit I think, either. I, be, think the, I think it's cool. I think it's cool how it, like, it starts wrapping around him, and I get, I get yes. it that, like, especially in this moment. And also it, it will very much depend on how long Mark Spector has been an agent of Conchu. Like this is something that we don't know because we're just finding out from Grant's perspective that he didn't even know there was a, another person. He had another personality. Like yeah. he didn't know that he just thought he was crazy. Like he did, just thought he would black out and go like wander the halls kind of a thing. So we have to find out how long he has been an agent of Kanchu. But if they essentially say that he's been an agent of Kanchu for like five plus years, I'm going to be kind of mad that this is the suit we get. I think uh, I agree with I, you. I love the way that it just wraps and conforms around his body. It feels very it, ancient magic sort it of It feels very ancient and mummy, like but that. then it looks super ancient and mummy. And I don't like that look. I think it. I think, I think the glowing eyes is it, fine. I think the problem with it is, it suffers from a case of over design. Like they mm, don't. Yeah. They don't. It's it's almost like they don't mm. believe enough in the all white bodysuit, cape, and hood 
and white eyes, which they they I'll give them that they went with it with the with the all white. I don't know if lenses. I don't know if they had to be glowing, but fine. It right, I don't think they had that to be glowing, but matter. I love that maybe comic book outfits are headed in the direction of the white eyes because yeah. that is, that's a staple of comic books. Give us Batman with white eyes. Give us Batman with the white lenses. Let's where where it falls flat for me is. I think it it has to do with the sash. It's just too over designed. There's too much, you know, everything everywhere, and the sash on his his torso. Everything coming out of the moon. It feels way too. It it feels way too bulky for for a a sleek design like Moon Knight's. It's literally all white because he wants criminals to see him coming. It just feels too bulky and cumbersome for a Moon Knight. And for someone. For someone who's the base of their character is that they're a uh, they're a mercenary, mm-hmm. it just doesn't seem like something that he'd be like, yeah, this yeah this works. Like obviously, especially the way that the suit wraps around him, it obviously they're going with the idea that this is very much Conshu's design. Yeah. So what I what I will say is like, hopefully we get after you know after this first season we get a costume redesign and it's more like the kind of the Batman-esque. It's more of the sleek. It's more of the human. Look at the human element. Look at, yeah. Look at the design of uh, Moon Knight in the comic that we just read. That is very much that sleek design. And like, we're, we're going to get Mr. Knight because that has shown up on the posters and beautiful posters. Funny enough that, I love that look. The Mr. Knight look looks very clean. It looks mm-hmm. very to the point. Even with the glowy eyes, it works. Like even with the glowy eyes, it works. Like that. I think the the, all movie, I, the Mr. I Knight costume that, has. I think that looks better. Yeah. Um, I think you the know Mr. to Knight your point. To your point earlier about Marvel showing costumes a couple of episodes in, you just mentioned how the Moon Knight design as it currently stands is way more Khonshu influenced than like Mark Spector influenced. I wonder if we will get a costume change this season. Maybe that's something that they're putting off. That's actually, it's funny you say that because I have thought about that. I just just put two and two together. No, and I I think you're right. Uh, like this is it's something that like as i keep thinking about how much i hate this costume it's something that i keep thinking like kind of slowly thinking about is that i think we're going to get a costume change like at the end of the season because i think i have a feeling that this the relationship with conchu is going to be much different by the end of this show than it starts out to be that's what I just put together as well is because the first episode in, we have all of these different personalities vying for control. They're always in contention with one yep. another. By the end of the series, I think we're going to see all of these identities merge. And that's when you're going to get the reveal of the classic Moon Knight costume. How awesome would that be? Heck yeah. I, I love no, that. I hope that's it, what happens. It would, be, it would be absolutely amazing. And I also think, I think the way that they're showing this villain, um, and the way this villain interacts with one of the other Egyptian gods, I think that it is, I think that is going to be one of the reasons that the relationship between Khonshu and Grant and Spectre is going to be mm-hmm. very different by the end of this show, because I think something is going to happen. 
yeah. that that kind of throws that balance in a very different direction. Um, and I it's going to get yeah, worse I before it gets better, but hopefully yeah, exactly. by the end we'll I see think, everything merge. I think I think you're right. I think I think we're going to get a costume change by the end of this show, dude. But cool. oh, so, this is for sure the best pilot episode of a Disney Plus show. Yeah, even one hundred. I, right. I think I think even even putting the Star Wars shows in in that category, I think this yeah. is the best. You're right there. Intro. Yeah. I think this blows think, Star Wars out of the water. I think even Mandalorian, the first season of Mandalorian, I think really the it was the second issue that really get got everybody and us on board with Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. The first episode was amazing and great. But I think it wasn't until the second episode that we're like, okay, yep, I'm on, I'm on board. Yeah. This episode gets you on board instantly. It yeah. like puts, it's like, all right, here, here you are, you're a passenger. And then by the end of this episode, it's like, all right, you're in the driver's seat. Now you get to watch. And like, I'm, I'm here for it. I am so excited. Hopefully definitely. Oscar Isaac wants midnight suns. I want midnight suns. I think Love Oscar that. Isaac has moon Knight. Norman Reedus as a uh, Ghost Rider would be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um. Then you have Mahersha Ali as Blade, and anybody else you want to add. Honestly, you should probably bring Elsa Bloodstone into that because I think I think bringing her character in on on the mid uh, Midnight Suns would be amazing. Um, yeah, I think I think they're probably dude. building to a Midnight Suns esque type of thing, the same way that they were with the Netflix Supernatural shows. Supernatural Marvel, Supernatural Marvel is going to be dope. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of like, new like, influx of Moon Knight uh, readers and Ghost Rider readers and all this stuff happening with Doctor yes. Strange too. Throw throw Doctor Strange yes. in there. Why not? Yes, I do. I think I, like this show has me hyped. Definitely. I think my last thing that I wanted to note was yep. just the from a filmmaking and technical perspective, this this series is gorgeous so far. It's Something that I noticed real shot. quick, and then we'll probably head into last thoughts here is um Yeah, yeah. There's a there seems to be a a huge emphasis on reflections. And I don't know if mm, you noticed yeah. that, but pretty early yeah. on there's a shot where where um Stephen Grant is waking up in his bed. He's confused because I think it takes place after the whole van sequence and the cult leaders in the European town. And he's confused. He wakes up and he's looking around. And at one point the camera shifts um, to, to, to almost look like it's peeking behind, you know, um, a desk or something. And the image, I think it's because he's talking to the fish. Is it, is it, he's talking, I can't remember exactly, but I wrote it down here and it's like, you see three, this, you three, you see three mm. versions of Stephen Grant. It's the same Stephen Grant, but it's like the reflection yeah. from the light or something hits him so that he's separated into three personalities. And I that's what I, I took up. to be really his cool. personalities. That's really cool. that's really um, cool. And then the whole thing with the mirrors and interacting with the Mark Spector personality in the mirror, there, there's a lot of. On my second watch through, I'm definitely going to look out for more reflections. There's, Even there's when he's being chased by, he's being chased by like the Anubis creature, you know, the dog yeah. demon creature yeah. in the in the museum. There's a lot of reflections on the, um, you know, the the artifacts and the the glass window panes in the museum that he's crawling around around on the floor. That I noticed reflections there. 
And I think that's perfect because it's it's like an identity thing, right? It's like all these yeah, different you, reflections of himself, you know. That I think you that's hit part the of nail. It. You hit the nail on the head when you said it. Very much feels like the the different personalities. Yeah, because mirror. It's that it's that idea of like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm looking into the mirror, but I don't recognize the person looking back at me. And in this case, it's literal. It's a literal. Hey, I'm looking into the mirror, and this completely other person that that owns my body as well is looking back at me kind of a yeah thing. um so i think exactly. i think you're absolutely 100 percent right i will say this was actually this is a funny little bit of tidbit um landon texted me earlier today while we were both at work a picture of the moon knight poster and it's with the fish in the blender <laughs> and i died laughing like i was at work and he was like what the heck is this and I was laughing so hard because I had literally just watched the like first ten minutes of of the show, where he where where he like is eating cereal and talking to his fish, and then realizes that his fish no longer only has one fin, like he's oh, not yeah, that was emo anymore. Too. And it's so like, then he puts the fish into the blender and goes into the pet store and is like, my fish had one fin. And now it has two. Is this Dude, the, normal? And she's like, transition I just talked to you yesterday. I don't <laughs> sell disabled fish. She's like, if you find, if you find an aquarium, if you find a store that sells disabled fish, let me know. And he's like, and then he's just like, so confused. And I was just dying laughing because I literally just watched that, that scene. And Landon texted me, what the hell is that? Is that when I texted it to you? Oh my gosh, what timing. The thing too is the transition. The transition between when he realizes his fish in his tank has two fins now. He's like, what the? And then it transitions quickly to him saying fish. He's He's like, what the fish? The blender. He's like got the fish in the blender and he's just like shoving it in this lady's face. He's yeah, like, she's like, dude, you're insane. Is this a miracle? Is this a miracle? And then and then you realize <laughs> that he's already been there. And then he because turns around and he goes to that date because he's like, oh, I'm late for my date. Yeah. I gotta go. <laughs> and then he finds out that the date was supposedly uh, two days ago. Yeah. One uh, of the best dude, things about was this episode so was funny. how confused so funny. Stephen Grant was the whole time. So funny. Oh, he, Fish he out of water. so confused. I just love the fact that she like came up to him and like started talking to me, to him about their date. And he's like, are you asking me on a date? And she's like, Haha, you're funny. And yeah. I just like, I was like, I cringed inside because I'm like, Oh, that's happened. I he's like, like oh, this, I feel this you dude there. Like, genuinely dude. has no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, like the best part about this show. Oh, and this will be kind of like our closing thoughts. Yeah. I love that the the humor in this show is very subtle. Other than the fact that Kanchu is super cheeky when he's talking, the the humor in this show is perfect. Mm-hmm. It is just enough where it's like they make the jokes they want to make based on the uh the feeling of the show and they work. Mm-hmm. They're funny and they work. Hopefully that continues on, and hopefully Kanchu gets less uh, weird in in my agree. in my head. Less. I, I think most of that too um, has to do with just the the actors with, and the level of yeah, talent. The disembodied, that we have. yeah. Oh, for sure. Oscar um, Isaac kills yeah, it. No, I it, like. It's amazing. 
I liked the his boss at the museum. The lady that's chewing gum yes. is extremely rude. I thought she was cute. Um, yeah, she's great. You know, Ethan Hawke kills it as the villain. My my last thought, and then we'll wrap up, is um, yeah. I think that the next episode we might see the same stuff happen, but from Mark Spector's viewpoint. Okay, do you think there's any yeah. anything? So any funny enough, that, you're not the only person who's told me that today. Yeah. Um, Joe literally said the same thing to me when we were talking about the show. He literally said, he was like, I think next episode we're going to see this all from Mark Spector's point of view. I here's what I will say up with the moon Knight scene halfway through or something. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think, however, what I will say is I do think we are going to kind of see it from Mark Spector's point of view, because I think we're going to pick up, hit from the bathroom scene where he beats up the um that wolf creature mm-hmm. um anubis and then anubis and then you're gonna have him essentially talking to conchu but then you'll see those scenes where he like blacks out and comes back and it will be it will still you'll you'll see it from specter's point of view so it will you'll see him black out and then he'll wake up you know in his bed like completely normal like having like like waking up at n- in normal situations rather than mm-hmm. like waking up across the world in a completely uh, different situation. I think that might be what we see. Um, but honestly, I'm, I am completely prepared to eat my words on that. And yeah, and hard to say what, where this whole thing is headed right now, but oh, and that's episode the two thing. is going to be like, a, a great this show. Probably. It's going to be crazy. This show is going to be crazy. Um, Ethan Hawke, kind of last final thoughts ethan hawk is great i think it like especially with the caliber of actor that oscar isaac is i think ethan hawk is the perfect person to kind of be that across the aisle villain from him he's scary um, it'll be really it'll be really interesting to see um more of that character and just what that character continues to be like the dude puts um, glass in his slippers <laughs> that was the first yeah, scene of the episode yeah. is he puts yeah. glass in his first shoes i thought that episode, was a he's just crushing glass personality that was... maybe moon knight would have but then it's like no this is ethan hawk this is the villain yeah. this is who we're dealing with he puts glass in his slippers <laughs> and walks yeah, I... daily presumably sure. daily yeah. anyways well Great first episode. Such a good episode. Such a good episode. Guys, uh, go check it out. Uh, let us know uh, on Instagram. Let us know in the comics. I So, I don't know. I've been trying to, like, push people to, like, see this. Um, every time we post an episode, uh, Anchor, who uh, we use to post these episodes, uh, allows me to ask a question to the audience or... Uh, do like a multiple choice and so i try to figure out some multiple choice question or a question to ask that is based on whatever we talk about um probably going to start throwing some options towards landon so that we can get like a good idea um if i look this up right now i usually place it so that the end of the like survey or whatever we see ends tonight so when we're recording so that in the hopefully in the near future, we can start like looking at these during the show and kind of talking about like your guys' thoughts, especially now that we're in 
uh, a show like Moon Knight where we can ask questions about the first episode and then maybe in the beginning of um, each show we can talk about, hey, this is like, uh, this is what um, uh, people were saying. So let's see if we got any. Okay, so last, so perfect example. Last week I put a poll out on Spotify. Spotify is where you're going to find these polls. Nobody voted for it, which I understand because, again, I don't, I didn't really tell anybody, but what show or movie are you most excited for? Moon Knight, Multiverse of Madness, Obi-Wan Kenobi, or Morbius? And then I put Morbius like there's any other option as a joke, um, especially <laughs> hilariously enough. That's a joke because we found out kind of some of the ratings of, you know, um, last episode, which was pretty funny. Or the show. Um, uh the the episode um are you a hermit or are you vengeance should uh i put the question should uh the main antagonist in obi-wan kenobi's show be vader duh i'm stoked darth maul would have been amazing or definitely yoda as a joke i'm gonna probably i'm gonna always add a third that's just a joke but please if you think that would be funny do it uh, two people voted and vader was obviously the winner so we're gonna do more of this and uh, again obviously i don't expect y'all to um to like answer these because i just didn't really put out um i didn't really tell anybody that i was doing these but i um it's a cool feature that spotify has so please interact with them uh comment on the posts you um, could also I'm put try uh poll up on um, we can also instagram. put polls up on instagram for sure the um, same poll even yeah or, absolutely or uh that's definitely something that we're gonna do more of uh we're trying to i want to get us better at um posting more um social media stuff yeah and landon is definitely gonna be a part of that for social sure always um <laughs> i've actually had thoughts of doing some tiktok stuff too so we're going to try a bunch of different stuff. We're going to have some fun with it. Um, we would love your guys' interactions and everything. Um, you can't see me, but I'm doing the renegade dance. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it would be a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, we want to, we, I think the biggest reason that I started this, this podcast and I'm so excited that Landon is a part of it now is I've, I, I want to build community. Uh, I want to build a community of, you know, nerds. That we just have fun. We talk about comics. We talk about movies. We talk about games. We just have fun and we build each other up. Um, I I mean, honestly, it would be fun to one day, you know, get a bunch of people on an Xbox party or like chilling on a game and just just picked up zombies together again. Perfect. Let's play zombies, everybody. Call of Duty zombies. Let's play zombies with me. Um, shout out, Steven. So again guys this this episode has was a long one um we haven't had i mean we haven't had a two-hour episode on this show in man if it wasn't for matt reeves dropping the joker deleted scene immediately after our podcast last week we would just be talking moon Knight. but we had to get that exactly um but yeah so thank you guys thank you guys for um thank you watching the show thank you to landon's friends who have have joined us and popped on uh, we appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys. This is something that I I started because I wanted I wanted to try it and I wanted to have fun. I love talking comics, as you can tell with Landon and I. Um, and so yeah. So again, thank you. 
Um, this has been fun, and we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys. <laughs>